welcome to Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. My name is Ben Townsend from bentownsendmusic.net and I'm joined as always by Sam Townsend from samtownsendmusic.bg. Come on, baby. BG, I need to get back in the groove. Well, BG, BG, is mm. this doable it's or is doable. this another gibberish one? It's doable. Last time it was Papua New Guinea or something stupid. Well, this one's easier. It BG. is easier. Oh, have I been there? No. So it's not Bangladesh? No, it's not. Ah. But I will say this about our trip to Bangladesh. Please do. And this will tie in to what we're going to talk about later on. Oh, it will. (laughs) Today's episode is going to be entirely about the wonderful, wonderful song, Soul to Squeeze. And in the video, Flea rides an elephant. He does. And we rode an elephant in Bangladesh. We did. Even as I say this, I remember that we have talked about this on the podcast before. <laughs> well, also, I'm, I'm, I'm now dead against riding elephants. Yeah, same here. So, why have you turned against the elephant? Well, it's just, you know, it's not what they're ever built for. Would you ride a horse? Yeah, but I think if you're going to ride anything, something as big and wide and strong as an elephant, surely. Rather, I, I also would not ride a horse. Would you ride a gerbil? I, uh, I have done. What happened? Uh, it, uh, it died. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm, I've had to turn against riding animals. Just in case you squash them. How much well, do you weigh? It, well, more than, a, more than the, uh, the, the, the... The mass the, of a, of a, of a the white The safe-working load of a gerbil. Well, quite. Or an elephant. No, not an elephant. No. An elephant could handle me just about. And an elephant handled flea, and it handled you at your young age. Oh, I was a very, very young man. A younger man, certainly, than you are today. Oh, yeah, I was only about one. You were certainly more hissute. You weren't one. I mean, we've done this again. We talked about <laughs> okay, if It you doesn't want to, matter how no, old we were. If you, if you want to hear how old we may or may not have been, well, we, we, go, we to, an elephant in yeah, go to Californication Part 2. I think it was on yeah. that episode. And, uh, but no, it was nice to see Reef lighting it <laughs> <laughs> nice, to, nice to see Reef Re flying an elephant. elephant. <laughs> it was nice to see. Uh, but anyway, you're supposed to be getting yes, BG. Course. So BG, if it's not Bangladesh, and I thought that was a pretty good guess, mm. I think it's going to have to be... Hang on. California, over in the left-hand corner, is mouthing something at me. Can you mouth it at me again? Oh, Bulgaria! The Bulgars! Bulgaria. Ah, now you know the capital of Bulgaria, according to Red Dwarf. What's the capital of Bulgaria in Red Dwarf? I don't know. It's Nodnol. Oh, Nodnol, yes. Yes, yes of in course. Bulgaria! Yes, of course. Capital Bulgaria, it's Nodnol. Nodnol. And then they say um, the, uh, that song. We didn't come here looking for trouble, we just came to the Red Dwarf shuffle. He's smart. He's smart. Yes. Great times. Not Noel, Bulgaria, brilliant. Uncle Uncle Bulgaria, Uncle Bulgaria from the uh, the Wombles, of course. Dum ba dum dum ba dum, wombling free. The Wombles of Wimbledon, common are we, making good use of the things that we find, etc. Yeah. So, lovely. Today is soul to squeeze. It's it, oh, what a tune! What a tune! What a story! Tune, tune. It is a tune. Normally we do it the other way around. Can we go back to normal, please? Yeah, go on. No, you start. Oh. Tunage. Tune. Um, it is a lovely song. It's got... It's fantastic. It's why it was left off Blood Sugar Sex Magic, I think we we shall talk about. Yes, yes. I think it's widely understood, the thought process at the time. Whether you agree with that is, of course, another matter. What do you think the thought process was? 
Uh, too many ballads. Yes, I think that's the thought process too. Yeah. I was walking up some stairs in Southampton today thinking about this. Yes. Because you've got Under the Bridge, you've got A Could Have Lied, and to a lesser extent you've got Breaking the Girl. Yes. Do you think having sold to squeeze on would have been too much? No. No, not do I. <laughs> Definitely not. But at the time... Um, yeah, they're coming off Mother's Milk. You know, it's easy, to li- it's easy for us to say that now. We love Sold to Squeeze. And it's become a massively popular hit. And we've got the benefit of hindsight. Well, we've we, a maximum hindsight. 2020. Oh, hmm. yes. Hindsight is 2020. Yes, and so is the year. Yes. Brilliant. What a terrible year. So, well, just to... So you know, on. it's been terrible in certain ways. In other ways, it's been... Well, you had two months off work. No, but... you know, well, you we've, did. We've put, yeah, well, I did, but that wasn't what I was thinking. I was just thinking of... You know, all the ambassadors we've picked up. Oh, the yeah. fabulous times we've had on the podcast. Yes, indeed. Well, that's been great fun. So, we are going to move on swiftly. Yes, swiftly into an episode dedicated to one song. And that in itself, I think, is notable. Brave or stupid? Or both. I think it's both. Only time will tell. I think it's both. I think it's definitely stupid, but it is brave. Listen, we went into this whole thing with our, with our eyes closed. We did. We didn't know what was going to happen. Here we, we are. We were going to do so many episodes. A and year, right out, right a year later. A year later. If wow. not more. Yeah, it is more. Uh, we're now yeah, having to cut down to a song per episode. <laughs> song per episode. It was inevitable. No, this is... Um... Next week, we're doing the first verse of... <laughs> <laughs> Good, I'm glad you laughed there. Cause I didn't <laughs> the first verse of um, Gong Lee. Yeah, That'll oh, be a yeah. tough one. Well, we've done Gong Lee, of course. Yes, we have. We're just going to talk about the noise at the beginning. Yeah, which I love, of course. That's transcending. Mm. Okay, so let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, I'd love to. Sam says we're going to do it chronologically, so we're going to go through the um, the section of the Funky Monks documentary. Yes. We're then going to talk about the recorded version of Salt Squeeze. Yes. We are then going to talk about uh, the video. The video. Then we're going to talk about the version live from La Cigale. Yes. And then we're going to talk about the version live from Calgary. And I think that's a good order for multiple reasons. Not least because of uh, one reason that I won't go into now. Okay. Now, I do. we are just going to talk about... We've had some lovely input from um, people about this song when we said we were going to do it. Yeah, and I, well, I think this is one of the reasons why this song deserves... It sort of stands out as a, as a song that you can do an episode about. It's a storied song. It's, well, a, it's, it's a, a song with history. It's a special song. And that's secret special song inside. Because for, several, for, for many, many reasons, this song is unique. And I don't use that term lightly. You never have. That's one thing I always said about you. You yes. never use the word unique lightly. And the other thing you don't do, which a lot of people do, is say it's quite unique. Well, I would never do that. You can't. Ju- you cannot be quite unique. You're you either can't. unique or you're not. Yes. So on, um, got some nice stuff in. Deep Purple podcast said, "Love this track. Would have fit great on Blood Sugar Sex." Yeah, nice from Deep Purple because he's been very supportive of us. He has it? been. Yeah. Um, hashtag FF, which I learnt means follow Friday. Yes. Hmm. Uh, potatoes. Our Good. man from Ireland. Our man from Ireland. Um, Red hot chili potatoes. His first favourite Chili's track. This is, a song, yes. this is a song he discovered in the summer and autumn while moving away from college. And it's those... Do you remember the memories you make while you're in that period of your life? Oh, I do, yes. Um, they are... Well, they're, they are life memories. You never forget them, do you? You don't. And I tell you what, I may have said this before on the podcast, but I, I doubt it. 
a very, very strong memory. Some of the strongest memories you can have are formed through smell. You've certainly never said that on the podcast. The olfactory system. Mm. Yes. Uh, Go on. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I'm sure everyone listening to this will have once in their life, if not twice, smelt something and thought, Christ, that smells like X or Y from 20 years ago. Yeah. And those memories are burnt. Vivid. They are vivid. We're going to say some Reddit comments. Yes. RHCP Tom, thank you very much, Tom. A, a lovely, uh, a lovely um, post. Uh, he adores it. Loves the guitar riff by John. Great link up with Flea's bass. Great musical chemistry, chemistry from both guys throughout. Chad, simple but effective with a mm. great sounding snare, mm. which is very, very true. Yeah, well, it is true, and and I think this more than many songs is a song that you can adore. Hmm. It certainly is for, because well, for, for 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 lots of different reasons. Can you talk me through four of them? Uh, yes. Well, I've, I'm hesitant to because I'd like to talk about it when we talk about the song properly. Okay, we'll go point by point on the song. Tom finishes by saying, Overall, Soul to Squeeze is one of my favourite RHCP songs of all time. Yes. I look forward to you and your, and your bro taking it on. Should mm-hmm. be a fun listen. Um, I hope so. And hope you're both doing good in these odd times too. Regards. Well, we're not doing too bad, are we? Well, I just said 2020 was terrible. I've but been at work You're more today. positive. So I, I'm a bit tired. Yeah. Well, buck up. No, I am. But look, I'm having to sit like this because we're on these new chairs. And the non-squeaky chairs. I've insisted we ditch the old chairs. Sitting on garden chairs. Funky Monk 04 said, Love it, my favourite song by the band. How John was playing towards the end of the stadium arcadium tour was phenomenal. The version from Calgary, boom, being the best recording released in his opinion. Yes. Mustang 6172, love it. It's an unexpected hit. Um... And just talk through the history of the tune, which we're going to get to. So thank you, Mustang6172, for thank writing you. in. Thank you. Uh, though 42 imagine if their Red Hot was replaced by Soul to Squeeze on the album. Yeah, now, well, that's... I'm, I'm not idea. sure I, think I, would, I would take off their Red Hot. But no, we'll, well, we'll we could that. segue into this now if you want to. Okay, we will. I'll just get to say this. You and Dudu... Oh, I thought you might say that. <laughs> you did say that earlier. You and Dudu, I adore the song. Everyone should listen to the live version, Calgary 2006, Freshante Masterclass. So a lot of people well, talking about, I'll tell about you what, Calgary. It's not just a Freshante Masterclass, that particular version. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. It's very, very Calgary, good. Calgary, I thought La Cigar was the best version, but this is well, once that you did, one's better. When you listen to Cigar and then you listen to Calgary, things become very, very clear. They do. So let's take that segue and run with it, as you suggested earlier. Yes. If you were to replace a tune, and now you don't have to replace a tune to put another song on the record. No, you don't. But vinyl length dictated and, and cassette tape length did, did, did dictate a certain runtime. But if you, we said you've got to replace one, what are you taking off? It's very difficult, and I can understand why people say take off their red heart. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think their red heart is... A, a suitable ending to the album. <sighs> See, I love their Red Hot, and I love the. Um, <laughs> I'm very, I'm firmly in the Psycho Sexy camp, which is obviously the other camp. Yeah, well, I think the album would be ended perfectly if you just had that lovely fade out from Sir Psycho. Mm. I love their Red Hot. I love the loose feel of it. Yeah. But I do think it's ill, it's ill placed. But then again, where else are you going to put it? Okay. Now we mustn't get too much into Blood Sugar. No. So let me let me ask you this then: Go Are on. you removing their Red Hot? No. Okay, what are you removing? I'm removing... I, I'll let you guess what I'm removing. Uh, well, 
Knowing you as I do... And you do. I suspect you're going to be removing the righteous and the wicked. You are close, but you're wrong. Oh, naked in the rain. You're correct. Okay. Yes, then naked in the rain is coming off. Yes. To and be replaced by salt squeeze. Okay, well, that, I mean, that speaks volumes to your negativity towards naked in the rain, because I also know that you don't like the righteous and the wicked. I, it's my, the Righteous and the Wicked is my second least favourite song on the album. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's fairly boring, but I would also remove Naked in the Rain. That, you're right. That because I love uh, The Righteous and the Wicked. Mm. The other song that I would consider taking off... Hang on. Um, Hang on. Let okay, me, let me get it. Shall I give you a clue? No, I don't need a clue. Okay. I think you're... Well, I know what you'll take off. Go on. You'll take off the greeting song. Yes. But I think I would go for Naked in the Rain. Yeah, uh, The Greasing Song is a better song than Naked in the Rain. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, well, we've done that. Yeah, segued and done. Tick it off. Well, let's segue out of that and into this. out there of the recording of Soul to Squeeze on the funky, the extended version of the Funky Monks documentary. Yes. You can find that on YouTube. Simply type Soul to Squeeze Funky Monks and she shall be there. What a, what a great look behind the scenes as the whole documentary is. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of that? I think we're going to, because I just glanced at your notes earlier on when you handed them to me, I think we're going to fundamentally differ on at least one point and it's to do with the swan. Mm, sure. Talk to me about your thoughts about that seven-minute, eight-minute clip. Well, this is an important excerpt of uh, Funky Monks because it is the first, my first exposure to the song Sold Sweet. Right. As a young man in the mid-90s, I saw this and I, myself and a friend of mine just fell in love with the song. But we didn't know what it was. Was this on the VHS version of Funky Monks that it we, was. That, we st- that you stole off Jez Gale? Then? It was, yes. And we didn't know what the song was called. We just knew that we loved the sound of it. Yeah. Uh, and we we then went and bought up as many singles as we could, trying to find it. We thought it was Fellas Cock. Ah, of course. Many people did, uh, but it wasn't. Know. No, no. Actually, I think I remember you talking to me back in the day, and it was back in the day. Yes. Um, about that, about a song that you were trying to source, and you didn't know yeah. what it was called, and that was it. We and and it was through this, through this footage that that's all we had. Uh, and testament to the quality of the song, you can you just hear those little snippets, and you can tell that it's a great tune, and it doesn't even have the intro in it. It's no, got, no, it doesn't. It's got Frusciante playing that brilliant verse. Yeah, you see a little bit of John, don't yeah. you? And a little bit of John at the start. He and knows of course it, see, and he's getting right into it. You see Ultra Thin John later on, as we spoke mm. about um, previously. Yeah. That's the first look of John, is John playing the guitar. Yeah. And that's lovely. And then obviously it cuts to the swan. And then 
from then on, really, it's it's all about the Swan and Chad doing it. Is. You don't see any flea at all, do you? No. And it's strange, it's su- and we'll get to it when we talk about the recorded version. Such a brilliant bass line throughout this Yeah, song. that's right. I mean, the, the bass line is fundamental to the song. and it's, Some, Yeah, sometimes it's all there is to the song. Yeah, and you don't see any of that. But there you go. Um, yeah. I, I imagine they included it because it was something to see Chad doing something different, which is nice. Well, never have you seen a man turn turn a cymbal inside out so much. No, he does love doing that. Uh, he he doesn't do that so much on the on the non extended version. No, he does it a couple of times. The uh, and funny that the um, I think the only time he doesn't turn a cymbal inside out is the version where they cut it off really quickly on the last one and say we're going to speed the tape up. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And it's yeah, it, he does that. That's nice to see. He struggles with it, gets angry. Oh, he throws that symbol to the ground repeatedly. But let's let's focus on the swan singing then, because obviously the version of it okay. within the DVD release, yeah, he's very flat. He's flat as a pancake across yeah. all of this footage. Yeah, well, he is, to be fair. I know that I've put he's a bit better on the second clip, but I now disagree with that. Yes, and now, having, now having reviewed that. Every time he's done... Well, any time he's time. holding a note, yes, he is. I mean, and I love this one, Anthony. Well, if you're listening, and on the record, it sounds great. Yeah, but it's not the take. That cannot be the take. Oh, it's neither of those takes. It's neither of those takes because um, obviously his gibberish section there is terrible. Yeah, he does a, a little blah, 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 bit, yeah. which doesn't fit. Um, and at one point, he says. Um, it's bitter, he doesn't he? He says, it, it's yeah. bitter, baby. And it, it's it's, in sweet. that take, he says, it's bitter, baby, and really pronounces the T, which he doesn't do on... Oh, on so the, it's bitter, baby? No, he says, it's bitter, baby. Yes, but on the, on the recorded version, it's bitter, baby? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit of baby. It's a bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, neither of those. I mean, obviously, neither of them are. Um, but, um, yes. and, and the thing is about the recorded version is, he genuinely sounds great on the recorded version. Yeah, he does. So at some point he either did it or they made it sound like he did it. Well, this was before autotune, so yeah. he did it. <laughs> yeah, he did it, which is good. It's good to know. But, I mean, aside from those vocal difficulties, it's a, it's such a smooth vocal delivery. It's such a smooth song. It's laid back, and he delivers it fantastically. It's just obviously in this particular clip that we're yeah. watching. yeah. There are some problems. But I'll, I'll tell you this. I was I went over and played a little bit of nine ball pool with my dear friend California over in the corner there today uh, at Rocket Ronnie's in Southampton. Yeah, and I had the audacity to uh, hang on. You can't do that yet. You okay. can't open that yet. Okay. You can't open that yet. Well, can I open? No. It? Why not? I'll finish this point, then we'll open them together. Right. Where's yours? I can't even see it's it. In, it's in Jamaica Blue Call Box. Right. And um, I had the audacity to ask my mother to drive me to Southampton. Right. To save me getting the ferry. Dear mother. Dearest mother. Salute. Shout out to mother. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she said, what you did on the podcast today? I said, we're doing a whole episode about Salt Squeeze. Mm. She said, I've never heard that one. So I played it to her and mm. she said, not only is it a great song, mm. but it's one I think Sam would deliver nicely. Oh, yeah, nice. I said, he did used to deliver it nicely. I did, Back yes. in the late ones. yes. Back in the middle. So, well, she obviously recognises a that it's a, a very it is a really nice vocal delivery from the Swan, and also she recognises the sheer quality that I possess as a vocalist, and she was able to combine those and come up with a very very good point. I did say to her, he delivers it a lot better 
Dead Anthony Kiedis does on the Funky Monks documentary. Yes, well, I'd like to think so. Um, what what, what really... word am I looking for when he, when he gives on a burn? Oh, burn! <laughs> I, can't, um, I can't really remember any of my deliveries from the old band days. Well, no, because you're always two, two bottles of wine in by that point. Two, I think Salt Squeeze was usually quite late in the second half, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was nice to do, though. It just... I mean... They were all nice to do for various different reasons, but Souls of Squeeze just, I think for me and for many other people, holds a special place in our hearts. Indeed, indeed. Um, so let's now... Yes. Big moment. Big moment for the podcast. This is huge. We are... I'm just taking one out of generic... We are honoured. Honoured. Honoured and touched... Yes. ...to announce... A brand new sponsorship a deal. A real sponsor. Well, well, we say a real no. sponsor. It's not a real sponsor. No, let's say it's well, the first. No, it is a real sponsor. Well, it's the first time we're drinking lager. I certainly lager. wouldn't want to intimate that any of our other sponsorship deals haven't been real. Some of them have been slightly fake. But this is the first time that we are drinking lager on the podcast that yes. we have not paid the recommended retail price that for. That is the truth. Wonderfully, uh, Jeff Kestenberg and Guitar... Prodigy, mm. Cool Hand Lucas, yes. sent us over a crate of so here we are. Canadian Moosehead Lager. Genuine Canadian Lager. It is. I'm going to open it with the, uh, the bottle opener, traditional method. I used to do it with my teeth when I was a younger oh, man. Oh, God, yeah, I'm much older than that. I'd fall out. Can I right, here we go. Yeah, no, I'm no, just no. going to place the lid down there next to the bottle opener and then pass you the bottle opener. Right. I'm holding the moose head in hand. Lovely. In the right hand. How's the weight? Wait, I tell you, it's, it's a chunky bottle. It is. It's a big boy. Well, it's a wider. In in um, in in England, we tend to have slightly thinner bottles. Taller. Slightly taller, taller bottles. Thinner. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very nice bottle. Lovely label design. Yeah. It says moose head on the top. What else is it? 1867 say? established. So it's a a long running running lager. It is. And there's a picture of a moose head. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And then Canadian lager. So it's all there, all the information you need. Here we are. So we, we are going to take some in the mouth. Shall we Shall we clink first? Yes. Cheers, Jeff. Cheers, Cool Hand Lucas. Cheers, Jeff. Cheers, the Cool Hand Lucas. The first free beer of the podcast. Wow. Fantastic. Here we go. Here we go. Down the hatch. Mmm. Well, that's delightful. Absolutely lovely. Mmm. I'll tell you what, I'm going to have some more. Go for it. Just in case. That is an easy drink. That tastes to me like a genuine Canadian lager. I tell lager. you what, I might go to Canada. Mm. Or, or phone, phone Jeff, Jeff and, and, and CHL. Lucas and see whether or not um, there's any more of that. That's lovely. So once again, thank you very much. Moosehead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called and we love it. And uh, we, we are so grateful. Who, When we started talking this complete nonsense about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm. about Red Hot Chili Peppers... Yes, um, thank you. Who would have known that we would have been sent some genuine Canadian lager? So, I mean, it's, a, it's like you say, it's an honour, a privilege, and quite frankly, I'm looking forward to getting half cut. On the news head, yeah. And so if I do get drunk during the recording of this podcast, then there's only two people in this world who are to blame... And it's not me. And it's not me. <laughs> no. Is it Californication? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but I do anticipate that this will, of course, uh, have a, a positive impact on my mental state of mind. 
<laughs> so shall we just say this episode of universally speaking the red hot chili peppers podcast is sponsored by moosehead i got a bad disease off from my brain is where i bleed insanity it seems Coming out of the uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic recorded sessions version of Soul to Squeeze. Yes, the studio version. The studio version. And before we get into it, I'd like to uh, thank Hamish Duncan, he of RHCP Sessions Archive. He an ambassador of this very podcast. Yes, a friend and confidant. If you will. Uh, I, I assume anything I tell him is in confidentiality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never told him anything. But if I did... You wouldn't believe the shit I've told him about you. I would trust him implicitly. No, well, I know he's trustworthy. As do I. So um, I said to him, we're doing this episode on Soul Squeeze. Yes. Please, whatever I say about Sam, don't tell Sam. Yes. Firstly, here's some, here's some, in, <laughs> some inside and gossip. <laughs> yeah. Here's some real hot gossip on Sam. On Sam. Spread it around Australia. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Amish. <laughs> I was trying to thank you properly then. Yes. Um, so I, mm. I was going to start that again. I reached out to Hamish Duncan here of RHCP Sessions Archive. Oh, yes. And asked him, did he have any inside information on Salt Squeeze? And he came back and said that um, John Fashante heard Anthony singing a funkadelic song on a plane in Japan and turned that into the verse of the song. And that was wow. the, the genesis of Soul to Squeeze. Well, that's a very interesting fact. Great little fact. Yes. Never played live until June the 5th, 1998 at the KBLT radio show. KBLT. That's right. KBLT. Right now we got the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. And they're coming out with the song that was never released on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, but they were caught in the studio. It was released as a single on Under the Bridge, You Give It Away. Then it was on the Coneheads movie. It's yeah. Soul to Squeeze. Play it, boys. Um, Okay, so Hamish also sent through uh, some JF notes that he wrote for the Greatest Hits album, the liner notes for Greatest Hits. Oh, the JF liner notes? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm going to read them. Now, this might be slightly confusing because while I was writing them down, I kept slipping in between first person and third person. Okay. But I'll do my best. Okay. First memory for, for John was in a plane from Japan to Europe in Jan 1990. What, re this song? re to squeeze. Yes. Um, the swan had words and was singing he didn't call him swan he called him Anthony mm. and was singing them to the verse of Who Says a Dance Band by Funkadelic mm. I told him that I had a chord progression that might work for that melody to turn into a new thing that would be unreminiscent un of Funkadelic a few days later at Soundcheck in London I heard Flea playing the bass line that we now know as the bridge wow I thought it was incredible yeah. so I quickly learnt it and showed it to him yeah his guitar part they done for it Eight months later, when we put this on together as a group, I played the guitar, the, the slide guitar, with an empty spice jar. Wow. Facts. Oh, so an empty spice jar, as in a spice jar that's... Yeah, the long, thin ones. Yes. Sticky finger Well, that's very, um, very... 
interesting. Something. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm. No, it's it interesting, but also, um, what's the word I'm thinking of where you use something for a purpose that it's not necessarily... Creative. Creative. Innovative. Innovative. Something like that. It's, can we uh, think of a third word? If I if I, I can think of the first word. No, so. God, I mean, it's only <laughs> me and Californication that saved you. Don't come to me. I'm going to have some more moose. So here's the facts. Yes. Originally, now, here's the common misconception is that it that Soul Squeeze first appeared on the Conehead soundtrack. Mm. It was actually originally a B-side on Under the Bridge single, one of yes. the Under the Bridge singles from 1991. Yes. And Give It Away single, one of the Give It Away singles from 1991. Yes. Um, and, and Hamish says, a forgotten B-side to a number one hit. And it was a number one hit on the modern rock track charts. So what, a, what, what Under a, the what Bridge a, was? No, um, Soul Squeeze. No, you said a forgotten B-side to a number one hit. Yeah, Under the Bridge was an A-side. Soul to Squeeze was a B-side on un- one of the Under, Bridge- Under the Bridge singles before it was on Coneheads. Right. And so Soul to Squeeze has gone from a forgotten B-side to a number one hit on the modern rock track charts. Right. What a, what a, what a journey for, for a song. Indeed, indeed. Well, that, and this is what we were talking about earlier. It's a song which didn't make the album but has since gone on this incredible journey, a multifaceted journey. Mm, mm. And here we are now, some 30 years later, nearly. Dedicating an entire episode to it. Yeah. Now, Salt Squeeze also appeared on the Live Rare Remix box. So, right. Yeah, so in 1994, which was a combination of blood sugar sex stuff, live stuff, rare stuff and remix stuff, and also on the Plasma Shaft in 1994. Now, if you'd have said to me, what's a plasma shaft, before I looked into this, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. No, I, I, I've no idea. I can but imagine. So here's the single order for um, the Blood Sugar Sex era. Okay, yes. It goes, give it away. Under the sense. Under the bridge. So they hit them in the face and then... Well, they hit them in the face with give it away. Yeah. They then soften then them up. And tickled the underbelly with under the bridge. If you will. They then hit them in the face again, or if you will, hit them in the mouth. Mm. With Suck My Kiss. Yes. Didn't you have a version of the Suck My Kiss single on um, CD? It's possible. I don't think so. And um, then I get, I bet I guess they tickled the underbelly again with Breaking the Girl. They, they tickled the underbelly again with Breaking the Girl? Yeah. Now, here's a surprise. Here's a surprise I'm throwing in. Yeah. Um, behind the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So that was for What Hits. Yes. And then they um, released If You Have to Ask. And okay. then. Salt to squeeze. Um, if you look on Wikipedia on the "If You Have to Ask" section, mm. it says that it was the last single from Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yes. Whereas technically, "Salt to Squeeze" technically was the last speaking single from yeah. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yes. Interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. But should we talk a little more about the album version? Mate, this is what we're all about. Yeah. Talking about recorded versions of songs. So here we go. This is a song uh, called "Salt to Squeeze." By the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I thought we had already established that. The uh, studio album Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Nope. No. <laughs> From those recordings. From the studio sessions. Of course. For the recording I of Blood Sugar Sex corrected. Magic. Because I'm, I'm flicking through my notes. Yeah. Trying <laughs> Desperately. To find, I, I, saw, I saw a man desperately haven't, haven't, trying to fill. Haven't made any notes. No. <laughs> <laughs> you stand corrected. Yes. Like I stand corrected. Like and the man I in the orthopedic shoes. I don't have any notes. Right. Well, I've got plenty to say about this. 
Go, go on. One thing I would just like to, to say, which... I, I, I know what it is. Oh, chocolate oranges are available from Rollins. Yes. It, no, it wasn't that. Well, one thing I would like to say about this, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, regarding the Swans' inability to sing in tune. Ah. I have just, just only just then, listening to it on my headphones realised why he sounds better on the album because he actually delivers it in a different way. Does he? In the clips we were watching from the Funky Monks documentary, he's attacking those those uh, no, those notes more aggressively and trying to carry them through. Right, right, right. On the song, on the actual released version of the song, he sings them deeper with less aggression. Uh, okay. So he changed it. It was a change of tact. Yeah. Which served him well. Tack. I, and I, I hope I'm right there. Maybe you could, next time you listen to it, just confirm that for me. But well, I next think, time, not just me, but everyone. Yeah, everyone. I think what, I, what I've witnessed there from the Funky Monks documentary to the released version is a different vocal delivery from this one, which makes him sound better. Well, you'll know as a man who has singing lessons. I am currently having singing lessons. That That's correct. The more you attack something... Yes. The more, the harder you try, yeah, the the, the more likely you are to fuck it up. Well, yeah, but but what I saw from the Swan in in the Funky Monks video was not a man who was fucking it up because he was attacking it too much. He he just was. He wanted to sing it like that, but the way he delivered it naturally just wasn't coming out in tune. So, I guess at some point, someone because he seemed quite pleased with it in the in the clips. He didn't look pissed off like a man who just fucked up a take. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, I love... I, love I, know, I know what you're saying. He, he probably didn't know. So at some point, someone must have got, had to have gone to him and say, look, Anthony, you're not hitting it here. Mm. And, uh, and I think, as I just said, I think he changed his, his approach. So interesting. I hope you'll agree. If, if anyone can confirm that, then it would be fantastic. Whose job is that? Because I did think about this. Whose job is that to go up to a lead singer who mm. is clearly singing flat mm. and say, you are singing flat? I would assume, you know that woman that Chad was sat on? Ah, yeah. Her job. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine they'd get her to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe Flea there? Yeah, I think probably Flea. Yeah. Or Rick Rubin. Or Rubin, yeah. Mm. Or, or Big Ricky, Big Ricky Rubin. Well, he is the man. Well, Ricky Rubin might have approached it in a slightly different way and said, Anthony. <laughs> do, you think, <laughs> yeah. do you think he prefaced it? I think he prefaced it. He probably would have said, Anthony, uh, why don't you try and deliver it this way instead of this way? What, in June rather than flat? It won't know, but just. Ah, uh, you know. okay. No, no, no. So, that's very. That, actually, that's. Instead of delivering it yes, like that. Yeah, instead of attacking that, that. Yeah, part why don't you of hold back on it and do it a bit deeper? Because that's essentially what he did. He holds back and just goes down a bit deeper instead of that's, trying to follow through with it. Yeah, yeah, and that's a really good point. Rather, so than, rather than picking, rather than highlighting the flaws, yeah, suggest yeah. options. Suggest a different option. Oh, that's what I would have done as a producer. And I am, uh, you know, a multi award winning rock producer. You've produced Neil Diamond. You produced that acoustic album. uh, Neil Diamond, Phil Collins, Cash. Slayer? Slayer. Oh, wow. Um, Rage? Rage. Was Ricky, has has Double R done a Rage? You name him. I've done him. Oh, you're naming actual Rick Rubin ones. I just thought you were randomly naming. Oh, no. He's done all those people. Mm. Apart, I'm not sure about Rage. Um, Phil Collins. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's Phil get Collins was the was the rockest kind of guy I could think of off the top of my head. 
Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I was going to start talking about the squeezer, but I do just have to question that. Phil Collins mm. was the rockest kind of guy that you can think of. It was a stream of consciousness thing. Sure. What's the, what's the rockiest music you can think of? Now. Susudio. Yeah. Now, Enya. Enya, exactly. Or um, Celine Dion. Well, you like oh, Celine Dion. Yes, yeah. yeah, I do. And actually, Rick Rubin did produce. Well, that's the great thing about Rick Rubin. He's, he's versatile. You know, he's a walrus for all occasions. What? <laughs> he looks like a walrus. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> okay, let's get into Salt Squeeze. Yes. The introduction. Now, it's interesting. I almost got up there and went and got a beer. <laughs> well, you, well, have a moose head. I have, I've run out. Oh, well, I've got one in general. Oh, blue great. Cool I, I was itching for some more moose head. There you go. Moose head one. Ooh, let me scratch that itch for you. Please do. Right, I'm going to use the bottle opener to attack this moose head head on. It's the first time I've attacked a moose. Head or otherwise. I can't open. Can anyway, you carry quicker, on. Yeah. yeah, carry on. <laughs> okay, so the interesting thing about this guitar intro is it doesn't repeat in the song. It's, it's a one-off. Yeah. It's a really lovely flowing guitar intro, mm. which goes against... Once, once you get over that intro part... Mm the song then gets a bit more staccato, doesn't it? Well, it, it certainly does, and I think the epitome of that is the drums. Yes, and the bass. Yes. Can you bring up Joey J's drum notes so that we can have a, have a quick see what our man in the northeast has got to say about it? I can indeed, but do carry on while I, I do that, because I'm now, notoriously sorry. I think there's, on this intro and throughout the song, there's, there's a compressor on it. I think there is a quite a heavy, quite a wet chorus pedal on it. Ooh. Hmm. And I looked into it yes. on the on the line, and apparently it was a Boss CE1 chorus pedal. So is that the, pe- the pedal he was using at the time, or did he draft it in specifically for this song? Unknown, because pe- he didn't use that many pedals on Blood Sugar at all. No, he wasn't really a pedal guy back then, No, it's the chorus assembly one, the Boss. Yeah. There, there is compression on it, and apparently it was also a twin reverb, a Fender twin reverb amplifier. Which yeah. is the only time that that was used on Blood Sugar or possibly any of Frusciante's chili Yeah, products. I mean, it's Normally he's a Marshall guy. Yeah. Is it, the, the, the overall sound of this song is, within, within the sort of context of the album, it, it, is, it is quite different. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. And, but it's a more melodic... This, this was Flea's first kind of melodic album. Yeah, this was it? Flea... Dipping his toes in the waters of melody. It was. And no more than six seconds into this song, where he comes on that really high bass line. Yes. John's playing that lovely um, intro riff. And then Flea does a little bit of lead over the top of it. But when John plays those two low notes on the uh, the G of the low E string, mm. third fret, bam, ba down, the bass just lets, leaves room for that. This is a great song. It's a great lesson in songwriting about how to leave room. Because there's just yeah. there's sections of it oh, where Jesus. not sometimes, a lot's happening. Well, that's right. I mean, sometimes um, you know they they actually leave the house. Well, the bass so- just walks out of the house and leaves so much room for the guitar. But actually, more so, John leaves and leaves it for Flea, doesn't he? Yeah, and when that happens, Chad's obviously the drums are still going on. Yes. Chad, Chad drives the whole thing forward. and Do you Bring up what JJ's got to say, because I want to oh, talk Christ. about the snare sound oh, here. I brought it up. Because yeah. um, it is a phenomenal snare sound, isn't it? 
It is, and he, he says, you know, he talks firstly about the Tom build, which is really nice, and actually one of the things I noticed about it was that it starts earlier than I thought it would, um, and it goes on for longer, but it isn't, you know, it's a lovely build-up, and he says even though it's a, it's a fairly laid-back song, the, the the drums actually kick you in square in the face. Ooh. Because they do, don't they? Because of, I think primarily I think because, because of the snare, yeah. The kick drum, it particularly, is really punchy sounding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Despite what we just said. And if you're well, listening I... on a good quality pair of headphones... Hello! Which, of course, we are. Well, I am, anyway. I was listening uh, on my... Uh, the ring of, of the snare as Chad is hitting it. There you go, the snare. I mean, the snare... The, it's, the, it's not just this song, though, that the snare. We, no, we can't talk is. too heavily about the snare. No, we can't. Not on Blood Sugar. Um... There's parts in the verse where John drops out and where the swan isn't singing, you can hear slight ghost notes, which is something I picked up on. Because it is a pretty sparse beat. So, again, it's a, it's a case in point where Chad has to work with what he's got, and he does so. And the ghost notes are just a tool that he uses to fill out his particular part. That particular chessboard. That particular chessboard. Just to make it, you know, something a little bit out of the ordinary. And I think that's what, uh, what JJ's hinting at there so yes incredible to hear the kick drum pattern it's so in sync with what Flea is playing on the bass but that again was something which was synonymous with not only their relationship throughout the years but particularly the relationship that they formed during Blood Sugar Sex Magic and some of the habits that they formed during this period that they've then taken forward locked in locked in so here we go it's so on point for the BSSM era Chad straightens up for the chorus. He's playing a sort of wonky snare pattern on the verses, again matching Flea's accents. Lovely syncopated section towards the end of the solo. And actually, there's a... There, well, I won't go into it now because it's part of the live section that we're going to talk about. So uh, we see Chad, huge cymbals, banging them together, get that huge orchestral sound. Always a joy to see them getting a bit mad during this period, uh, during this section, when he's playing the song live. Nice fill around 317. You're reading this like a man who's never read anything out before. <laughs> to hear a high-pitched Tom that Chad plays here. Because of the... <laughs> he's in two small Toms of his kit. Just started to play with Ron Rack Tom. Added some tambourine in the last chorus. What a bloody lovely song. Well, agreed. Agreed. And well, I think a particularly well-read email there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was trying to keep it flowing, you see. Well, you did the opposite. Well, it was I... very staccato. Oh, dear. Right, shall we then move on to verse one? Well, the bass is, is absolutely bloody wonderful now. Very pronounced, on, all through the, um, the verse section, so that that kind of main intro after the build-up and through the verses, the bass plays like a walking bass line. And yes. it's a very much a lead instrument. I just would like to go back and say I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't brushing over JJ's points. I was trying to keep it flowing. Yes, well, well done. Okay. I think you did... I think I you did achieved a bad both. job. No, you achieved both. Oh, okay, good. Um, the Swan, though. Oh, that's near tone. But the Swan, we saw him in the recording. We know he loves to hold that can of beans very close to the mouth. He does. I watched a reaction video where um, a, a, a gentleman watched Can't Stop for the first time, Live mm. at Slane. Mm. He was absolutely blown away by it. Christ. He couldn't believe how close the Swan was holding the microphone to his mouth. Well, he does get close, and I was thinking about this during when I was watching it, because at this at this point, I don't think he's had any had any training, has he? So he's I think he got he's a man of his own 
technique, shall we say. Yeah. And Self-taught. Self-taught. And, you know, in some areas, taught quite badly. Well, <laughs> didn't teach yourself to sing in tune. <laughs> no. Um, no, that, of course, that was a joke. That Please was a joke. come on yeah, the podcast, yeah. Anthony. Come on, yeah. Swan. You know, we'll have a laugh. We love you, brother. Oh, we don't, we just. We do. I mean, Hang honestly, on. I mean, do we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We, yeah, we do. do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And uh, so that, I think that's, you know, key to outline. Yeah. But yes, he's holding it close. He's, um, yeah, he... He was the man who inspired me to become a singer. Well, he was. And you, not only did he inspire you to become a singer, he also led your way of performing and yeah. the way you held a microphone. Yeah, to begin with. I, I sort of mimicked that stance. Uh, that sort of Because he, he, he's... He, he had a. It's changed over the years. It's not quite the same now. But during the early years and going into this time, he had like a power stance. Mm. I think he. But yes, he and he. Yes, he did. You know, he held it close. He stayed very close. He would sometimes like lean back and pull it into himself. Yeah, like pull that. it in with yeah. the leg back. Yeah. I mean, that gave me a terribly achy leg. I bet it did. I mean, I've got footage of my wedding where you sang, um, "Suck my kiss." Have we, have we spoken about this before? Yes, but I'm still going to talk about <laughs> oh, it okay, There's good. only so much content we can generate. Well, of course. So you, you're, you're a married man, are you? I'm a married man, yes. I'll tell you this. I went into the snooker club in Hyde, and I saw a woman playing snooker. She was facing away from me and bent over the table. I thought, that's Damn, nice, that, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. And then she turned around and she smiled at me, and my God. And then you got married. Well, 13 years later. Basically. Yeah, but I thought, that's the woman I'm going to marry. When I first saw her turn around and smile at me. So into the chorus, yeah. Held chords. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, please. I am Everyone. listening. <laughs> I know. Um, the bass walking up high, then low in the chorus. It does a little walk up. There's a little walk down. Um, at at one thirty-seven, there's an absolutely lovely fill. Mm. A little flicky fill from Fleet. Oh, a little filly flicky. Uh, no, not a filly. It's a flea flicky. Uh, uh, um, you're thinking of little filly. Little filly leads back. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Lovely chap. Uh, the chorus is great, but it's um, it's a nice relaxing chorus. Well, it is. Uh, well, the whole song is, is very, very laid back. Yeah, but on the verses, John is very, very busy. Mm. He's he's playing quite aggressive. You see it in the um, Well, the and then, of course, in the right ear, you've got those that little sort of high, higher... Ah, well, it, yes, exactly. You're exactly. You get in, instead of the slide guitar, which is um, traditionally in the right ear, mm. I say traditionally, it has been so far in the song. Yes. In the left ear here, it's kind of like a really high, it's kind of like reverse guitar. Yeah. Especially at um, timestamp exactly two minutes. Well, it's, it does yeah. a little... Yeah, blue, blue, yeah it's very, bit. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very, very nice. And combine that with the little sort of interspersions of organ... Mm. that you get yes. and well that's at 204 yeah I know but just these little things they, they fill out don't they they fill the song out because it is sparse and yet there are other things going on you're right and the organ is interesting because it comes in quite strong yes. in the lead up to the chorus it does listen to it carefully this time it stays there mm. but it gets very quiet when the chorus starts and then build the organ builds yeah. so by the end of the chorus it's really noticeable again yes it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a clever choice 
Yeah, I think I think it is, and it's it's something which I imagine a lot of people during that time probably didn't associate with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, not, not Peppers. nor me at all. I'm trying to think of other songs on Blood Sugar where there is that kind of organ sound. Yeah, I can't think of any. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this was John, you know, progressing slightly sneakily towards Plinky Plunk. I disagree. This is where it started. I think it's Flea playing a mini organ. Well, yeah, it probably is. I mean, you know, let's not uh, let's not kid ourselves here. Should we talk about the pump organ that we used to play in the lounge again? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, let's not. But so, so basically, what we're saying is, it's a pleasure to listen to this particular version of Soul to Squeeze hmm. because this is this is where it all began. Well, no, it began. It began with the recording. With the recording, yeah. but yeah, this is where it sort of really became a, a real manifestation of those things we spoke about earlier. <laughs> yes, quite right. We haven't even got to the bridge yet. No, great. The bridge, the bridge is, is is key, isn't it? Easy to see why John said what he said about Flea's bass work there because it's a lovely bit yeah, of bass playing. It's blank. electric, huge. <laughs> Literally, it is um, huge. D- double stops on the on the on the bridge where it goes bam 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 and then the bass goes blam bam, 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 bam. yeah yeah but he slides up bam 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 it's a lovely little slide on double stops and then he does a he's pulling the strings for yes. that that second half of it yes you see it we're going to talk about the live versions shortly and you really oh see that. my word I mean n- never has a song been so defined by you know by the bridge. Just as a listener, you know, you're, you're sat there listening and you're thinking, this is nice, this is fantastic. Then it goes big. Yeah, and then it goes big to the point where it it takes you somewhere completely different and then it slides you back in again. Exactly. You exactly. It's, it's a wonderful bridge. The Swan, I, I, th- I, don't, I can't think of a bridge like it, really. A, a, a bridge which defines a song like this one does. Okay, I'll, I'll have a quick think while I'm saying... That the swan does a huge, yeah. I love it when yeah. the swan cries out. Yeah. 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 And we've said before, haven't we, the swan's um, choice of timing for this kind of thing isn't always perfect, especially live. Yes. But th- having said that, we are going to talk about the live versions, especially the one at Calgary. He is brilliant. I've got brilliant. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Inevitably. Uh- and yeah, well, I just don't. I, I I'm not all positive about what the Swan does, even in Calgary. Oh crumbs! What was that? <laughs> <laughs> what was that noise? You, you had your mouth shut. Was that an, inter- an internal noise? <laughs> yes. Okay, brilliant noise. Now in the bridge, there's two slide guitars. Mm. There's the right one doing the low slide, <clears throat> and there's the left one completing the slide. It's really it's really oh cool. during yes. the sort yeah. of solo. Bam, bam, ba-dam. Mm. Oh, but also the the solo itself is is doubled, isn't it? Of course, so, well, the solo is not only doubled, but it's quite interesting because it's sli- it's slightly out of time with each other. Yes, the the, the right ear is is well, leading, right. and the left ear is slightly behind, so it gives it a kind of seasick. Yes, it, well, initially, I, as I was listening to it there through my headphones, mm, good quality, I thought it's just doubled, but then as it went on, I thought no. It's not. It's not just a straight double there. No, it's not. It's uh, slightly out of time with each other, and that gives it a kind of seasick quality. And I, um, 
I listened to the solo and noticed that there were two guitars playing. Yes. And heard one in my right ear and one in my left ear. And you're opposing it. Yeah, and thought, this has been doubled. (laughs) (laughs) And then I I thought, I'm feeling slightly seasick. Well, it does give it that kind of seasick uh, feel to it, doesn't it? That quality. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, great stuff, though. Oh, I mean, it's it's fun. And that's the old spice jar for you. Well, it is. I think I believe it was a twisty spice jar. Well, probably was. What... what, um, particular herb or spice do you think was in it that would be interesting because it's interesting to think that after john played that solo he had a particularly smelly finger <laughs> yeah what, what did it smell it of? Like, i know what i would like john's finger to smell of mm. once he's played the soul to squeeze solo i'm not going to reveal it straight away no californication have a think about what you want john's finger to smell like and i mean i'll, I'll go anything. straight off the bat and okay. say uh Coriander or cilantro. Oh, you utter bellend. I love the stuff. You, you want it to taste like metal and soap? Well, no, I'm not going to taste it. I'm just going to smell it. Okay. I prefer the smell of um, coriander or cilantro. Do you think it's more likely just to be a straight... It's a dried or- herb. Oregano. Oregano. Yeah. Um, it's a dried herb, definitely. It's, it's a dried herb, herb, yeah. 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 Um, I think it's herbs of Provence. Oh, mixed herbs. Yeah. <laughs> Who's <laughs> hosted his bets? What's your favourite herb? Your favorite herb? Uh, the best. <laughs> the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, and what herb do you think you smell of, Kelly? Um. Come on. Basil. Right. Basil. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it probably was mixed it's herbs. mixed herbs. Because, let's face it, they were four guys living in a house. Full of herbs. <laughs> well, they're probably not, though. And, and they, 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 Believe me, some of them were full of the... Oh, d- yeah. The d- d- herb. D- <laughs> oh, yeah. So it probably was just a bloody... Yeah, it, was a, it was a little spice jar full of weed. <laughs> yeah, it was a weed jar, probably, oh. yeah. Do you get weed in jars? Well, if you put it in a jar, yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, okay, verse three. The organ's back. Oh, lovely to hear the organ. 338, Great Swan. Where have I written that? The music is the same, but is... Ah, it's the bit where he changes it up. Instead of singing a normal melody, mm. the back end of um, verse three, or the second half of verse three, he changes it up, doesn't he? Oh, when it's he very said... bitter, but it's very sweet. Yes, yeah, he does. He goes into that kind of rappy more rappy delivery it's more rappy it's a bittersweet pill of course because then he goes into the gibberish <sighs> talk to me about the gibberish what's your thoughts uh never never had a problem with it initially um but now i just think you know maybe it's time for him to just revisit the song no you're a crazy man <laughs> okay maybe you should have written proper words in the first place yeah why does he do this because of course to go around in around the world yeah Yes. Famously. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like you're struggling vocally. Possibly the two most famous uh, examples of this are Soul to Squeeze and Around the World. Write some lyrics, man. Well, what annoys me particularly here is that the lyrics to this song, I think, are very, very strong. So do I. So do I. So So why not just take... Even if it didn't come to him straight away and during the first couple of plays he was doing this gibberish section get the woman 
who Chad sat on to take him to one side and say, look, Anthony, it's all very well doing the gibberish for now, but you've got to come up with something for that section. Yeah, that, that is... That's you a sound placeholder. like a child. That's a placeholder, yeah. Yeah. It's like a little baby who can't talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop it. And certainly don't do it eight do years later on Around the World. Yes. Was it eight years later? If that was, that's, that's brilliant that you just mm, plucked that out. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I don't know if it was. It was. It was 1999, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, what a genius this boy is. Thank you very much. Uh-oh, 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 um, And I would like to say about that section... So, yes, I'm not overly happy with it. I, I must confess, as a younger man, when I listened to this song and I idolised this one, I didn't have a problem with it. But now as I become a more analytical fan, I say no to this No one. to this one. Just say no. No to this nonsense. No, Say no to gibberish. Hearing good songs. That's what Ron Reagan said. Well, it is. And he, you know, he was, he was... He, uh, made, he made the most of his limited talents. He not only was a world-famous actor, but he became president of the United States well, of America. Some, well, that's right. Um, here's a great line from this song. Today, love smiled on me. It took away my pain. Said, please. <laughs> please. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the best bit of that line is, today, love smiled on me. Mm. It took away my pain. Mm. Well, that is nice. What about because um, of course it's a, it's a song about, but uh, for me it resonates. It's a song about uh, being a drug addict. Okay, and uh, you know it seems as as Anthony said in Scar Tissue that his struggles in life and his his dependencies and his problems have. Uh, in fact, it was road tripping, wasn't it? Where he says. You know, it's those things that have caused him the most pain have also created some of his most beautiful work. Yeah. And, and here's an example of that, I think. Well, he likes pleasure spiked with pain. Mm, he does. And which song is it that he, in fact, uh, intimates that uh, his struggles have led to creativity? Do you know the answer to this question? I'm trying to think of it while I look at you, but I can't. Okay, it, I think it's... I mean, those people will be uh, screaming at the... Those are so screaming at us. Um, I've got no idea what you're talking about, to be honest. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Let's move past it. It'll come to me, I'm sure. Yes, I'm Do sure. you know California? I like having road tripping. Mm, it mm, could be. Right. Uh, it could be any number of tunes. No, it's a particular line I'm thinking of, but it will come to me. Okay. Last chorus... For Flea is an absolute masterclass of bass playing. He, ju- I wrote down great Flea licks four eleven, four fourteen, four twenty three. Then I just mm-hmm. put etc. The rest of the song. Well, the guy was on fire at this time. He was very very busy here. Um, uh, just just listen to the tune and listen to that end where Flea is playing that bass like that. It's it's phenomenally good. Do you, do you think there's a better song? Yes. That you know of. What, and Soldier's Grace? That hasn't made an album. Ah. Big I, I mean, that, that's, that's really the question that we've got to address here, isn't it? It is. I've had to take my glasses off because of it. And because I was wearing my contacts to play pool, I've got a lot of sleepy dust in my eyes. Mm. Did you go to sleep at the pool? No. Okay. Although I, I did for the first kind of hour and a half when I was playing Cali. Okay. That but that's terrible. Yeah, that's fine. Luckily, I woke up in one ten eight in the end. Okay, just to get that out there. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Um, a better album, a better, a better song that's not been on an album. 
Um, I really like. Oh, this is um, serendipitous. Mm. Uh, I really like. Say it. that after six more moose heads. I could not possibly. I really like the REM song. It's a free world baby. Yes, which wasn't oh. released on an album. You're you, you a fan of REM? Uh, never heard of them. But guess what? Soundtrack. It's a free world baby was on. Coneheads. It was. Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. Man, I'm on fire tonight. You certainly are. Okay, so shall we wrap up this this chat about the Studio Sessions version of Soul to Squeeze? Yes, the BSSM Studio Sessions Indeed. version of BSSM. Yes, that's the long <laughs> version. Okay, and we will now move into the video. Oh, Christ, are we going into the video now? <laughs> yes, we've got three other sections to talk about. Wow. Where I go, I just don't. Coming out of Soul to Squeeze. Yes. The, the video. Yes, the video, the music video, which accompanies the song itself. And, well, uh, and yes, uh, interestingly, as we've said earlier, a hit that was never, ever going to be a hit. Mm. What an incredible journey this song has been on. A non-hit hit. A non-hit hit hit. It certainly obtained a cult following over the years. Well, Certainly. Certainly. Much like the Douglas Adams book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. In many ways, yes. 1993, the video was released. Yeah, so that's this is the Coneheads era now. Of course it is. John Gone. Yeah, I mean, we don't like to refer to him as John Gone. Well, hang on. Chad Mad. Yes. Flea. We. Very small mm, fellow. Small, yeah. And Anthony. Oh, I'll go with Swan. <laughs> Swan gone. <laughs> no, no, Swan. Sean. He did. He, well, you say Sean in yeah. the past tense because he did shine in this video. Yeah, I know, but you can't say unless you call him uh, Swan Swine. Sean. No, no, but you, you're right. This video is in the past. The Swan Sean. The Swan Sean. Mm. Well done. Well, as did that lovely bundle of lights he was cradling at the beginning. Ah, like what a, a lovely baby. nest of lights. He he obviously said to the director, "I've got this lovely bundle of lights." Mm. That I'd like to include in the mm, video. Mm, mm. Uh, Got my Christmas lights. Yes, I I adore them. I must cradle them. I must uh, at the beginning, uh, so it's the first thing anyone sees. Well, it really highlights them, doesn't it? Well, they, well, they highlight themselves. Really, they're light. They're illuminated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, he looks lovely with his lights, and I think uh, obviously even now we can talk fairly openly about his long hair. Okay, he, he for looks, the first time, he looks fantastic. <laughs> oh, what? What a head of hair that man had. Yeah. And he And moustache free. Thank oh God. Jesus Christ. What an upper lip he's got. He's got a lovely upper lip. Why he chooses to hide that upper lip underneath mm. that moustache now. I know. Is and beyond me. What gets me is the way that moustache or moustache mm. has now been uh, become known almost entirely on the internet as a stash. Hmm. Or a stash. <laughs> I call it a tash. You don't say. Or a tash. 
<laughs> How do you say moustache? Moustache. 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 No, you don't say moustache. No, I say moustache. Mm. <laughs> that sounds weird now, though. Okay. Well, it's because we're, we're posh southerners, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I'm growing my very own moustache. Yes. <laughs> uh, good evening, Ben. Uh, how do you like my newly coiffured moustache? I love it. How do you like my newly coiffured <laughs> Mustache. Well, I must say, it's quite delightful. Have you uh, shown it to mother? My (laughs) mum. That's what posh people say, isn't it? They refer to their mum as mother. I suppose. No, mater. Have you shown your mustache to mater? That's Latin people. That's posh. Posh Latins. Yeah, yeah. I've shown my mustache to mater and pater. Yes, and I must say, they adore it. Hmm. Uh, They've told me that I must keep my mustache until the turn of the year. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) You should be in a. Like a, a a Jane Austen film. Well, I was. Wait. Uh, no, no, no. Now, video release in 1993. Yes. Directed by Kevin Kerslake. Yes. K Kerslake. K Kers. Well, d- d- um, double K. Mm. Lakey K. Lakey K, as we call him. Or I call him KK. Luckily, yeah. he wasn't called Kevin... Costner. Kerslake. That would be CKC. Mm-hmm. My worry is he'd be called something like Kevin Kevin Kerslake. Well, that is a worry. <laughs> it's not something I'd particularly worried about before now, but now, <laughs> now we are worried about it. I'm petrified. Travelling circus. No, I'm not getting to it yet. That's the theme. Yes. I think m- the first thing I wrote uh, upon watching this video uh, was concept. Concept video. It's a concept video. It certainly is. The concept is Travelling Circus. It is. Yes. Um, I'm going to name some other bands that um, Double K has directed videos for. Okay. Honestly, this man has had a long and story. Is he career. like that French man? Uh, well, the other man that we talked about. Yeah. He's even more long and storied. Oh, he started in the 80s and he's still going today. But his period, his glory days, yes, was... were the early 90s to uh, later on. Here's some bands. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's vague. What phenomenally... <laughs> it's vague enough to be specific. Here's some bands that he's recorded with. R.E.M. Ah, okay, great. <laughs> he did the video for the Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight. Fantastic. Stone Temple Pilots. And, of course, you, we all know what a Sidewinder is. Yeah, well, it's a, we discussed this, didn't we? Did we? Just, we discussed it when we talked about Californication. Oh, well, in that one. case, move on. Well, no. Or it's a missile, because um, Anthony says, Christ, I'm a sidewinder. Oh, Christ. All right. I'm a sidewinder. <laughs> uh, my apologies. Um, Stone Temple Pilots. Yes, fine. Faith No More. Excellent. Soundgarden. Great. Green Day. Green Day. Green Day. Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Do you want to say Smashing, Smashing Pumpkins? Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> Nirvana. Nirvana. Offspring. Offspring. I mean, this guy has done it all. He has. And yet here he is in 1993. Well, yeah, maybe two. Uh, we don't know when it was recorded. No, difficult to sell. But he's working with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers. peppers. Yeah. And uh, they're producing a concept video, which is based around the idea of a travelling circus. I believe so. Terrible, terrible Chad miming. When the mm. video starts. Great spinning. He spins that stick lovely. Yes. But terrible moment. Well, Chad's on the drums. appearances in this video are largely fleeting. Go on. It 
obviously we know there's no John, and then that John gone. Yeah, John gone. Swan song, flee we. <laughs> Shad man. Shad, Shad man. <laughs> um, but obviously, John, the the whole backstory behind John not being there is, you know, is something that's worth talking about. Mm. He left. But he left. Yeah, <laughs> he went into an abyss mm. and then oh, came back. Bless him. Came back. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Chad is in it, but not very much. It's mainly about the Swan and Flea in terms of the band members, but also there is a lot of stuff um, that's not them. And I think that stems mainly because it's a, you know, from a film soundtrack and it focuses on the character of Conehead and the other people within the Travelling Circus. Well, I don't, I've never seen Conehead. I don't think it's based on a Travelling Circus, is it? I don't know, but... No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought so. <laughs> but the character of Conehead is in this video. Well, the character of Conehead isn't no, yeah, but within, say, yeah but there within, is a cone head in the video within this video yeah yes. that's all i'm that's all i'm talking about okay. nothing more there is a cone head in the video yes and so let's not get bogged down this whole cone head thing no uh, but I, what i do feel and i felt strongly when i watched it is there's some really nice imagery from uh what's his name kk kevin kerslake kevin kerslake kevin in and around kerslake. that that instrumental build-up and in the solo you've got the the water escape artist You've got the human cannonball. Ah, the conehead. Yeah. Flea rocking out as well, which all adds to that mi- that particular mixture. And the fire breather as well, which times in really nicely with the, with the whole thing. The good thing about the conehead and the cannonball, well, he's not in a cannonball, he's in a cannon. He is the cannonball. <laughs> yeah, he's the human cannonball. Is that that's on the bridge. And he lands on the net in good time as well. Well, he, every time it goes up to the rise... Yes. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. He's launched out of the first rise and yes. it cuts to him. Yes. Pretty much on time. Yes. Those four times. Well, that and happens. that's when you get the fire breather as well mm. on that very Oh, yeah. Same. The third one bam, is the fire bam, breather. Bam, then it cuts to the cone. Bam, bam, yeah. And I think that's just great uh, musical video direct- directing. So do I. Thank you, Kevin Kerslake. It's, it really is strong work. The rest of the video, I'm not so sure about. I, you know, it's fine. It's all good stuff. Anthony's having a good time with his umbrella. Flea's riding an elephant. Um, he 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 adopts a, a character towards the beginning. Who? Flea with his little hat on playing his. Oh, place. I like it. The great thing about Flea's work in this video is um, he does something which doesn't happen enough in videos, and it always baffles me why Go. it doesn't work. Go on. He plays his guitar in time with the music. Mm. His miming to his playing along with the. Um, with the the soundtrack they are playing to, is spot on. Mm. He's he's perfect. Well, he's a mu- he is the playback. That's what it's called. Yeah, his playing to the playback is is spot on. Mm. You can see it when he sat on the, in the caravan door at the beginning. Yeah, you can see it later on in the video. He's, yeah, it's great. Whereas Chad's build up is is well, some, is rubbish. Sometimes sometimes artists do that on purpose, don't they? Because they have a. A, a sort of inherent dislike of that kind of... If I was the director of the thing, though, of the video, you've been employed to make a good video. Mm. I'd say, do it again. Yeah, but ultimately, the stars of the show here are the band. The the music director... No, I've always thought when I watched the video, the side of the show was Kevin Kerslake. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not just, not just uh, you know, Kaker. It's not not just him, but when you're dealing with any big band and and Red, Red, no, Red, you're quite right. no, no, you're quite right. He you're can't right. stand up to them and say, "Look, buddy boy." 
I'll tell you who was a prima donna and wouldn't be pushed around by a video director. Axel Rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he wouldn't be pushed around by anyone. No. In fact, if anyone tried to push him around, he just simply didn't turn up. Well, if anyone, um, for example, took a camera to a show when he didn't want to take out yeah. show he'd dive into the yeah, audience he'd simply dive in and beat them up oh, well, I think that was at St. Louis and then that caused that big riot yeah oh god yeah he was a uh, troublemaker well not necessarily a troublemaker but certainly a, a troubled man he was a volatile individual should we say a man more than willing to wear a big pair of bother boots army boots yes with long socks rolled down yes um, a feathery top and some extremely tight boxer shorts. Well, I think it's it's fair to say that they weren't just extremely tight. They were... They were sprayed on. Now, Medusa Swan. Yeah, what's going on there? I think what's going on here is a fake snake head. Well, no, I know. I, I mean, I'm not interested in how it was done. Oh, I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but why? 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 Because well, it's, a, it's a freak show. And I, and I t- for anyone who's currently in a touring freak show and doesn't like the term freak show, I apologise for yeah, that. Yeah, you can't call them You that can't now. call them. You can't say freak show anymore. I call it a exhibition of unusual individuals. Yes, an exhibition of... For anyone who's in a travelling exhibition of unusual individuals, yes. I think some of those but people I just, wear snakes I, on their head. Well, I, I just feel it doesn't fit in with the whole... The whole, the whole it is video. a bit weird. It is a bit weird. It, it strikes me at that time and and other times maybe warped. Yeah, and even well, no, even like um, give it away when they would all paint. Oh, ah, yeah, they love it. You know, I just think the Swan likes to put on lipstick and put. Well, don't we all? Well, maybe, maybe so, but uh, it doesn't fit in here. So that, I think that's that was out of place. Desperately out of place. Ill judged. Ill judged, if you will. I'd like to talk about how they achieve that effect, though. What, the snake on the head? Yeah. I think, uh, I tried to do this a minute ago, but I was, I was uh, waylaid. I think it's a lot of rubber snakes mm. with some animatronic snakes, maybe mm. a couple, but also some live snakes. I think there's a particular snake that goes in front of his face that I don't think they'd have done with a live snake, mm. so possibly animatronic. Well, the thing is, I mean, let's be brutally honest here. Please do. You could do the whole thing with uh, just snakes that aren't dangerous. Uh, the swan. I, I don't know, but I don't like it. I, I, I actually quite like the feel of the of the video, but those little snippets just don't fit in with me. And they don't even fit in with what the swan's doing for the rest of the video. You know, one minute he's playing with a chimp. Ah. You yeah, know, having a bit, of a, bit of a laugh. Well, I've got that down as two animals, the swan and the chimp. I like it when he, when he does that and then he... Uses his umbrella to pop his hat back up, and you know, also that kind, that kind of fun. Yeah, he uses his umbrella to highlight the word "feet" by hitting his foot later uh, on. Yeah, that's just clever. And the Medusa thing just doesn't fit in with it. No. Well, of course it is. I mean, you know, if you hear the word "feet," the, the, hit your what, foot. Well, that, if that, you've got a brolly, if you have to ask, give your foot a whack. Yeah, exactly. Now, what did I write down here? Nice swan. Swan with a chimp, I put, exclamation mark. <laughs> I put swan with a brolly, hits his foot. But then I put flea riding an elephant, exclamation mark. Oh, yeah, well, we covered that earlier on by accident. Well, we did. I, I, it fits in with the show, it fits in with the time. The tattoo you know, around flea's arm. Well, of course, he's an elephant lover. Yeah. We know that elephants now are, are more endangered than they were then. That's a sad fact. And we know that riding elephants, particularly within the... 
context of a traveling circus or even a it's actually called a festival of unusual individuals yes is frowned upon it is because we know what kind of hell those animals are put through not all of them not the ones no, on the savannas no they're, no they're but they're not they're not held captive within a traveling circus or a whatever it's called individuals uh, a festival uh, or a carnival of unusual individuals yes i don't have like... you seen that film about the elephant that escaped and ran right Dumbo. I can't remember what it's called. No, that's not. That's something quite different. I don't like the beginning of Indiana Jones and the and the Last Crusade, where River Phoenix is doing all that stuff on the train simply because there's too many cap- occasion captured animals. Yeah, yes, exactly. Well, no, it's very true. So what we would say is that it's nice to see Flea riding an elephant, but I don't think that would happen now. No, I, I think he it, does a good job though. He gets on it. He gets on it, and, he get, and the elephant gets, he gets up. up. It doesn't fall off. I will just say that I think it would happen now. Do you, okay, fine. Um, the swan, he enunciates a lot sometimes, and then other when he's kind of coming up to the camera and in, in yeah when he's not wearing the snake stuff yes. he's really working that mouth yeah and I uh, uh, when I find my peace of mind yeah when I find peace of mind he's really working yeah. the mouth well he does that he, he I think that's quite a swan thing to do in in some ways he he almost. That's his sort of go-to default sort of playful thing to do is use his mouth and his smile and just play up to the camera. Mm. Well, he's if, if, if they, if, I guess if no one gives him any other direction of what to do. Well, God knows, if you look back at a lot of the early photos of the, of the chilies, mm. it's all about playing up to the camera, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. And... Uh, no, that, and it, but I like the way, you know, we've spoken aesthetically about the way he looked with his hair... He looks like a bona fide 1990s rock star. Ooh, doesn't he just? And I think that's fantastic. And I completely agree. And, that, and I don't think Flea... You know, Flea looks fantastic during this period. I think... That? And I wrote down, Chad, gorgeous. Well, that's very nice of you to say that. I like it when he looks to the camera. When the circus starts to go for the first time. Yes. There's a, got a close-up on Chad. He's just looking to the camera. All of the swan's lights are behind him. Yeah. He looks Cause absolutely, absolutely lovely. Yeah, I suppose the swan has always been, like, you know, the, the poster boy of the band, if you will. Indeed. Uh, particularly during this period. But they, you know, they're all, I guess it's easy to say now they're all in their 50s. They're all... They've they're aged. Relatively old men. They all look good in the early 90s. We looked considerably younger then. Considerably younger. Considerably better. But, uh, no, the swan with his long hair, his sweet, sweet vocal delivery... Chad with his lovely face. Right, yeah. I just think the Swan was in those days. That's why. That's part of the appeal of the Swan because he wasn't. You know, he's never been the most gifted. Not to say he, you know, he can't sing, but he's never been a an Eddie Vedder, for example. So I think part of it was his visual appearance. I think you're right. A lot of it was his physicality, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, he's such a physical performer. So, on that note, the swan is a physical performer. Yes. Shall we wrap up the video? Oh, I would just like to touch upon one more little snippet of a moment at the end, at the very end of the video, when Flea and uh, and Anthony Mm. come together. That's nice. And it just seems like a true moment to me. Well, there's a bit earlier on where they're... I I think it's when it goes into the last chorus, where they're looking at each other. Yeah. It's just, it's two mates, isn't it? Yeah, we know about the, the relationship they've got more so than ever. And that just seemed like a true moment of two guys who 
We're just happy. Yeah. It's before Flea wrote Two Young Brothers on a Hovercraft. Yeah. But I like to think of them, even then, as well, Two Young Brothers on a Hovercraft. Well, we don't know for sure. Uh, they may have been. Well, Christopher Cockrell, et cetera, et cetera, Hive Marina. Yeah. Shall we move on? <laughs> yeah. What's next? Ah, it's like a girl. Now, so we're moving into what it will become known now as the live section. Yes, we are. The live section is a double dose of fantastic Red Hot Chili Peppers live. We've picked two completely disparate songs to analyse. If you think that this previous section has been based in 1991... Oh, let's accelerate the future. 2006. Well, the previous section was based in 1993. Well, it was, of course. So it's... um, 13 years. Yes, great maths. As we come out of Soul to Squeeze, live at Cigar, we both ease into a fresh moose head. Oh, my word. As you said, easy to drink i'm just going to place another do let's hear the sa- let, you've just cracked open a fresh one let's hear that go down i'm going to put this is what it's close like to the mic when moosehead goes into the mouth of a man moosehead meets mouth that is that's moosehead straight to the mouth and consumed into the body classic moosehead it's delightful now we have just watched soul to squeeze live at cigar yes we have this was Right, if you want to watch this version that we watched, it's on uh, YouTube. It's triple zero, Christoph triple zero. Yes, a, a man who loves those zeros. He does. Well, he's a six zero man. He is. And, uh, you know, I guess if you're going to incorporate zeros into your name... Then really commit. Go for it. Yeah. Go, for, go for six or more. I always call myself triple zero, Ben triple zero. And oh, well, I, for many years, have been known as triple zero, Sam triple zero. Um, Simon, would you like to elaborate on... No, I've been known as Simon triple zero... Simon Triple Zero. <laughs> uh, uh, an alternate take. So, so it, it's similar. <laughs> it, it seems as if uh, six zeros is the minimum. Yes. And I think Simon had nine zeros. Well, that's the maximum. Um, this was recorded on the April 20th of 2006. Yes. It was the first encore of Le Cigar. And we are going well, to surely I, do Love at Cigar sometime. I must say that... Uh, it stands out as being an encore, of course, because Flea does his... Oh, man! Talk to me about the way he flies into frame. Well, the thing that struck me about it most, actually, was that... Um, really like a man loudly reading notes. No, we've, we've spoke, just spoken about the video and, and the, the concept behind the video being Travelling Circus. And, of course, Boom. what do people do in Travelling Circuses? Yeah. They walk on their hands. So, do we think... That Flea is playing is paying homage, homage or tribute, more simply, to the video, or do we think that he walks on his hands on almost every live show and therefore it hasn't got anything to do with it? I think it's the first option, yes. but also, not only does um, yeah, because I've, I've also written that down. It's a great segue between what we spoke about previously and what we're talking about now. Mm. Not only does Flea walk in his hands, but Chad plays a circus-style beat to accompany him. Yes, and John, God bless him, rides into the frame on an elephant. Oh, he does. Which surely is confirmation 
that it's, it is homage to the video. And the swan has a nest of lights. Yeah, and a chimp <laughs> on his head. Snakes. And he hits his foot with a... <laughs> This is fit with an umbrella. Now listen to this, please. What a performance this is. It is very good. And I must say, after a couple of moose heads, or five, it's even better. We must announce that as a Foster's being opened by uh, Californication Longhorn. Yes, and of course, we are drinking solely the moose head. It's delicious, and it gets nicer with every bottle. It really slides down. I imagine that's the effect they were going for. Hmm. Uh, because well, if you, you wouldn't make... want to get worse every, every bottle well no and you'd want it to get better now what a hanging hand John has because you've got that chorus heavy intro yes when he goes into the main riff John has that, that he strikes that chord and he goes into the classic for Sean well I've written JF very relaxed oh he's super relaxed he stri- obviously this is during the encore so they've you know they've, they've got to this point yeah presumably and it's a great gig yeah. And it's gone really, really well. Yeah, so JF is super relaxed. I just want to... I, I mean, the first thing that struck me was Chad's build-up, and I touched on it earlier. It's quite high hatty I mean, it goes on for longer than I thought it would. It mm. starts earlier, but it, it is truthful to the record, and that's how it goes. They slide in, John's in, it sounds great. The Swan... I, I had some doubts, actually, at lunchtime when I listened to this. But now I listen to it after a couple of moose heads. Oh, they all sound absolutely wonderful. Talk me through your doubts. I think this one sounds great on this. He does. He, I, I, I confess that. That was uh, pre moose head as well. For me, I thought it sounded great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't need any moose heads. Mm. Well, you're his kind of guy. Mm. I, on the other hand, need a couple of moose heads to be convinced. <laughs> but he's, uh, the one, now that I've had those moose heads, I'm totally convinced that this one sounds absolutely A1. I've got a, a and, G- and I don't mean the band A1 or from- the road. Ah, is there an A1? Simon, can you look up where the A1 A1 runs from and to, please? We'll um, do a bit of research. But no, he sounds fantastic. I'm he, sorry, he, but you, you do have to do this. He sounds fantastic. He sounds fantastic. Um, let's let's talk seriously, if we if if we could, about the slide, the next slide at 148. Oh, I've got something 126 I want to talk about. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I mean, that slide, slide is yeah, it's great. total. If that was a lager, it would be a moose head. Um, I'm thinking um, at 126, when he's playing the riff, the main guitar, you know, the, the main, it's not a riff, it's a chord sequence. Mm. But it ends on a, a chord where you're playing the top E string mm. with, your, um, with your little finger. And you're fretting the fifth fret. And on the album, that's all it does. So it's just a chord. He strikes it. Yes. But on this, he bends up a half step. And yes. thinks, he goes, wow. Yeah. Listen to that at 126. He does it all the way through the song. He does it on the next version as well. Yes. And it's really effective. It's, again, it's slightly seasick again. Second time. Mm. <laughs> well, it's just those little changes that they make that, that give it a slightly different feel, but also add to the song some people would say no I want you to stick to the album version I want you to play it straight not going to happen here I'm afraid not with the chilies mate no and all these different things that they do I mean when he does the solo when he when he just sort of works down and just yeah it's just it's nice do you do I prefer it to the original not gonna, I'm afraid I'm not going to say okay well, I think if we're doing podcasts about the little cheap peppers, you should start to say. 
I am contractually obliged to say. Uh, I, I like it. Okay. That's neither here nor there. And I like the way John puts his body into it. Again, you haven't answered the questions. No, no. Punchy snare for me is missing, because the snare's quite weak on this recording. Yeah, but I mean, don't worry about that. No, but I am. No, you are at this particular moment. Well, because on Calgary, the snare is fucking massive. Oh, man, punches through like Frank Bruno. Well, I'd I'd, I'd go further. I'd I'd say a better boxer. Tyson. Yes. Much more Tyson. Much more Tyson. But this is Bruno, though. This is Bruno. Yeah. Um, no, I'll say this is me boxing. Yes. <laughs> well, that, no, I mean, I mean, if that was the case, he simply wouldn't have a snare. No, he'd just be hitting air. Dun, dun, I, dun, dun, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, JF, you're right. That slide in. Oh, oh my God. Is... I mean, the beautiful nature of it is that just the, <laughs> so relaxed. Oh, man. It's a lovely slide down that, that low E string. It is absolutely beautiful yeah it really is it's it, it i mean it, it absolutely is you've got so many things at play here you've got the swan on fire you've got chad laying it down the best he can without, sweet, without an sweet and step. chilled yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's, <laughs> the best he can with some rack toms and a kick drum yeah you've got flea obviously fresh off a hand walk. this is nicely mixed bass as well because the bass yes, on is. calgary is a bit light Oh well, okay, interesting. But I, yeah, I agree. And just, I just think it, everything here is in place. And apart from the snare, apart from the snare. But John sounds fantastic. He looks. Oh, if you're going to talk about how John Frusciante lo- locks, yeah. I mean, if you think that any of the other band members have looked good in their in their time, talk to me about 2006, John. Ah, oh, mate. He is stunning here. (laughs) Absolutely stunning. He puts Jesus to shame. He does. Well, well, our Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yes. He does. Um, And he plays the guitar better. He certainly does. As far as I know, electric guitar wasn't around in the time of... It was, but you had to... um, Had to apply for extra... Permit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, he doesn't look good. Permit, which obviously was frowned upon by the uh, the enemy uh, by Herod. Yeah. He. I'm not up to date on the Bible. No, as far as I know, Herod killed all the firstborn children oh and banned all all electric, electric guitars. Which I guess is why electric guitar didn't come really into fashion until the sixties. Exactly. Or the fifties. Because of Herod. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. Although he had died, his legacy... <laughs> We're going to keep going. His legacy lived on. <laughs> he was a very powerful man. What, Herod or Jesus Christ? Mm, both. We, can't, we shouldn't talk about Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the church. They're all powerful. Oh, of course. Have you seen the Da Vinci Code? Yes, I have. You want to get yourself in trouble if you... As far as I know, they don't listen to this. <laughs> they do. Right, well, they've... Uh... They emailed well, in, it in the church. Let's keep them. Should we go back to the song? Yes. Um, I was going to say that on the chorus, John's doing some volume swaps. <laughs> <laughs> now, can I tell you something? Go on. I am learning. This is confirmed learning from Townsend. I the wrote, younger Townsend. Yes. I watched it today at work, mm. and I thought to myself, that's a bloody volume swap. That's a GTP. Yeah, well... Hang on, we're going to have to point Whether it, it is or not, 
I don't know, but what I do know is that I recognise the volume as well, so I'm proud of myself. Well then, I'll shake you by the hand. No, you can't. You can't. Oh, COVID. Elbow yeah. bump? Mm, can't reach. Um, yes, volume swells. You recognise them now. I did, so that's fantastic for me and everyone, I guess. John playing, instead of the slide guitar, he's playing those, um, he's playing lead guitar, isn't he? And it's a nice, it's a nice alternate, or alternate. Uh, it's, it's quite a nice bitey tone he's got. Mm. Uh, what do you make of that? Do you prefer the slide guitar on the album or the... That's a loud page turn. Well, I, I mean, I must confess that uh, I'm always drawn towards the album version. Mm. Well, but I do like this... I, I'm never I'm never one to, to hold a musician to that, that kind of thing. You won't hold them to ransom. You no, won't, I won't. You won't say I prefer the mixed herbs version to the lead version. Well, what I would say is that uh, if you if you are going to play with a a herb jar on your finger, <laughs> go on. What would you say? <laughs> I love to hear the end of the sentence. Well, then, then I would much rather it was uh, a mixed herb than a, a, a specifically designated herb. <laughs> They've always said that. I have, and and, and I think John understands. Yeah, that. he does. He, and, and and that's I guess why he dropped the herb jar altogether. Well, I think and went back to. The fingers. The fingers. The, non- <laughs> the fingers the of the non- Yeah, the non-smelly fingers. <laughs> yeah. This solo from La, La Cigar is the version that I played in the Lipworms. Yes. Um, I wasn't going to play that because the, the, the version on the album is, is great. Mm. Um, but it, the live It's a little is, less this involved. Is, yeah, this is a good version. Yeah. Had I heard the... Um, the Calgary the Calgary version I think I'll have given myself even more free reign but what I love about this solo is the the descending line that's played there when he just goes down and yes. down and down the and he puts his body into it and, and, yes he does and it's it is very nice um, it's bitter but it's sweet it's bitter baby but it's very sweet mm. I always say a holy roller coaster do you? <laughs> yeah a holy roller coaster but I'm on my feet. I don't think that's the words. No, and that again, we can't talk about um, can't talk about religion as we previously discussed. Mm. Nice burst into the bridge. I mean, mate, this is great when I get into the bridge. Nice close up of Chad giving it the absolute bollocks, mm. and cool. the Swan giving it great ballsy playing from Flea going into the bridge. You can really hear the pulled notes. Mm. We talked about the way that he's playing double stops on that. Yeah, and then he really pulls them up. Then, yeah, Whoa! Yeah, he does. that's exactly what he does. And that's beautiful. You yeah. can see him doing it at timestamp 50 on triple uh, zero, Christoph triple zero's video. Yes. Yeah. Great breakdown. It, and it goes into the staccato section as well on 350. It breaks back down into the into the last verse. Yeah, yeah. Great. Stuff. I mean, the, the, the great thing about this is that even though it is different from the album version, I just love to see the swan just performing naturally not having to worry about losing his shit like i imagine if they did this now he would just instantly forget the words well yeah maybe that's why he made up the gibberish section well i but he he's just so confident here yeah this this was so he was so good you know we talk about being fans of the red hot chili peppers and we talk about uh enjoying watching them live and listening to their music but this is just such an organic experience watching them perform this song they're all there. They're all doing their thing. They don't have to think about what they're doing. They just It just happens. It's and a, now I just wonderful. don't get that feeling. Not to put a dampener on things, 
Oh, but but you have. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry about that, about that, but I tell you what, back in 2006 when this shit was going on, real life. They were pure. Real time. We were there. The, just coming out of the... Chad um, was completely bold. Oh, I don't like bold Chad. I don't either. What, no. What's he done now? Because presumably he hasn't... Cap, cap Chad. Cap Chad, just, just pure Cap Chad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you know, I bought that fake head of hair to put on my head, but mm. it, it was too small. It was too small. Well, no, I, I mean, we were all bold, uh, so or it's fine. Game. Whatever you want to do is fine, but I do prefer Cap Chad to... So do I. Yeah. Chad, fully bold, doesn't work for me. Mm. Have a look at the video at 354. As they're coming out of the bridge into the last verse, Chad plays a roll down the toms with yeah. one hand. Yeah. And his other hand is in the air. Well, A genuinely talented drummer. He is a tremendously talented drummer, and throughout all of this, he looks tremendously relaxed. And bold. Especially when he goes, you know, when it goes into that end section with Anthony oh. doing the rapping. Chad's just non-stop, yeah. but he just looks like an octopus. He's just, like, going like that, just hitting everything brilliantly. He's trim- it's absolutely wonderful. And then he changes it up. I don't like it when he plays a more double-timing drums. Well, you don't like it? No. I, I, uh, I actively don't like it. Oh, mate, I actively like it. So that is... We might have to so have a fight. No, we've, Are we going to have a fight then? Well, probably not. Why do you like it? Because it changes it up. It gives it that extra boost it needs. No, I don't like it for that very same reason. What? Because you don't want the boost? I don't want a boost. I think the song there should be plateauing. Yeah. Or plateauing. And just then winding down. Okay, well, I like it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, where he does it again at I know Calgary. he does it at Calgary and I don't like it then but something else happens powerful. At, something else happens at Calgary though at that very time well let's not spoil what happens at Calgary no. we're going out of Seagal and we're going to come in to Calgary Calgary Coming out of Soul to Squeeze from Calgary, 16th of September, 2006. I was there. It's my home country. I am... I've, li- I've lived in Canada since 1981. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he is... This has had more of an effect on me than I thought it would. He's insatiable. Well, it's 5%. Listen to that intro. Now, what's really, really interesting... I think before we start, this version is shit hot... Do we all agree? Yes, I, I do. I do have to agree. Yes, yes, yes. Simon, agreed. So best, best version ever. Well, certainly the best version, the best live version that we've listened to this evening, mate. We put out on the socials, and I've never listened to this before because it's got no video. Um, this this was taken from Red Hot Chili News. Well, interestingly, I I you know having watched the live at La Cigale, I thought that was good. I thought it was but great. But what, what really focuses your audio input hmm. is the lack of video. It, that's interesting. That and the fact that it just is better yeah, sound is better. quality. The whole thing's better. <laughs> well, no, it's just a better sound quality. You're not distracted by the visuals. 
You're focusing. Oh, I on... like the visuals, though. Well, I like the visuals, of course I do. But we we rhapsodised about how lovely John looks on the last one. Well, he does. So presumably, he looked really lovely on this one. Well, that's that's what I do. Is I I watch live at Seagal, then I watch this, and I just use those audio visual cues memories. Mm. I use my memory system. Mm. To imagine what they may have looked like during this one, whilst enjoying the superior sound quality and less distracting audio. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> listen, to the, listen to the intro. When John starts playing, the bass normally plays those high, those high notes, as we spoke about in the... Um, the uh, <laughs> the previous of, section of the this particular yeah. episode of the podcast. <laughs> the <previous> chessboard. <laughs> On the uh, the Blood Sugar Sex Magic recording sessions. Here, Flea comes in very, very early. Musa. After the four count. Yes. So he goes... Uh, that's under the bridge. After one, two, three, four, Flea comes in with a low, pulsing bass. Yes. He doesn't play that high lead stuff. It's absolutely mesmerising. It's genius. The hi-hat's in at 12 seconds. And you'll notice that here, Chad doesn't play the straight build-up. Boom, boom, boom. He right. plays dr- more like jungle drum style stuff. And then he goes, uh, mate, I've written down here, goosebumps as the riff kicks in. The whole well, thing. I'll tell you what, you were so affected that you just randomly said mate halfway mm. through your, your description. Well, I was talking about you. Yeah, thank you. It's very kind. The bass, I feel, is. I wrote the bass is mixed a bit low, but. What do you think? Well, I actually put the bass cuts through more here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the um, the anomaly. So, and, and by that, I mean, uh, I prefer I prefer this version. There's several reasons. I love the punchy snare straight off. Ah, what a punchy snare! I mean, that if if you're ever going to describe a punchy snare, put this on the on the agenda because this is right up there. I put the the bass cuts through more here too. Swan sounds fantastic, and to the point where even his embellishments work really well. Yeah. And I think that's a a, a a true sort of barometer of how good the Swan is doing is if it's all working well. And then I think this is an example of a live performance of a song where everything works perfectly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's embellishing. He sounds great. He's confident. Everything he does comes off. I mean, I don't want to go straight to the solo. Have you got anything? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm going to talk about, you know, last on the last version, the Lesser Girl version, mm. I spoke about the fact that John was playing chord then bending up mm. on the, the high string off the fifth fret, bending up half a tone. Well, here's another GTP. This time he hammers that. Hammers and pulls, which we've spoken about before. Yeah. Where you strike a string and pull it and then pull the string without striking that string again to achieve the sound of the string. I don't know why he's changed up, but it, it works, for me, slightly less well than the bend. But um, but it's still good. Yes, I mean, I, I, I struggle to find anything here that I don't like. I just I just find that everyone is performing to, to, to the top of their particular... Chessboard. Agenda. John is throwing in those Hendrixy lips. Are you all right, Gassy boy? My God, the swan is great over in here. What? Everyone's playing great. The Hendrixy licks, the guitar's very loud in the mix. Mm. Volume swells again on chorus one. I, I, I note some chorus one. This, um, 
the myth is playing a particularly hypnotic hi-hat groove. It's just... Maybe mm. the drums are mixed a, bit, uh, mixed a bit louder. He's just playing a double time on the hi-hat, but it, it cuts through. And that snare, as, as we've said, it's... Um, it's, crazy. it's absolutely fantastic. You want to talk about the okay. solo? Well, I think we should go to the solo because, let's face it, this is what everyone talks about when they talk about this particular performance. Well, people say it's a masterclass. People say it's off the charts. That's what that's what I've written. Off the hook. I say that like bubble. Works well bubble. partly but not entirely I've written. What? Hang on, what have you written? That's what I wrote. Repeat that. You, you Works well part in parts but not entirely. What's your problem? I Hang just, on, this is outrageous. No, listen. I'm do, you, not, do you still think this after just listening to that then? Or was that notes is, written? I'm out? going on what I've written here. Well, and what go, no, saying, go from your heart. I'm going from my heart. I feel the first portion of it is, is a bit forced. It doesn't necessarily fit. That's what I'm saying. Then it goes in and it's absolutely fantastic. That's all I've got to say. Look... I know it all sounds good as well, so I will say that. I love the the way you have those three notes leading into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before it kicks in and onto the one count. Yeah. You have those three notes leading in. I, I just think this is... Oh, I feel slightly well, you, different. I mean, I, I must say... I feel completely different. If, yeah. you, if, if you're going to say to me, what's the best part of the guitar solo? Mm. It's not the, the second bit where he's no. just playing the big bends. Yeah. Which is... It's classic for Shantae, yes. playing big bends on the high yeah. E string. You're appreciating that first section where he's forced it in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it feels a bit forced. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, he is. But mate, listen to what the, listen to the swan enjoying it at two forty two. You can hear the swan in the background shout, "Awesome, yeah, come on!" Later on, well, I think the on. swan enjoys it though. He does. The swan feeds. Off, I've written the swan feeds off the energy like no other frontman. Well, he I, is I, absolutely I, burning up the stage. That's incredible. Because yeah. I've put... What, what have you put? The swan. The swan. Very lackluster. No, no, I've put the swan enjoys it. Um, I'm, not too, I'm not keen on his vocal intro to the solo, though. It's yeah, rushed. Absolute crazy boy. No, it's rushed. It doesn't fit. No, it's br- absolutely brilliant. Right. Are we, will we listen to the same song here? Let's, Seriously, will we listen to the same track that, That's all I'm saying. You know we said we might have a fight earlier. This could be it. What I'm saying, I enjoy, I like the solo. It's great. The, I just feel he's shoehorned that first section in. I mean, I know dead air is a crime, mm. but this is honestly the first time in this podcast where I think you're talking absolute bollocks. Well, there you go. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, the swans. I'm really struggling. The swans vocal intro is 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 crammed in. No, it, well, it is. Why? Right. I mean, we won't just keep saying it is or it isn't. No, well, let's just move on. There's At two forty-five, there's a lovely snare roll into the second part of the. Well, snare. this is great. At two forty-five, John is starts playing that repeating lick. It's very. Um, uh, third solo off Scar Tissue live at Slane Castle mm. where John's playing a repeating lick and the, and, and the myth plays a massive yeah, snare just roll. a huge snare roll. Yeah, yeah. It's, that, it's I mean, very, it's, it's perfect. Listen, I've not got a great problem. When I'm breaking down the solo in that way and saying those things, I still like it. I still enjoy it. It's not a problem. I'm just, you know, we have to be nitpicky. We're talking about the same song five times there. <laughs> 
say. <laughs> but I mean, I just cannot see how you can say anything about that guitar solo is well. Like, no, to be honest, Ben, I, I'm glad I'm the one saying it and not you because you know you often break John down and say, "Look, I don't like this live. I don't like that live." Um, for you to just say, "I like it full on," that's for me. That means a lot. I'm just glad you're glad. Yeah, well, I am. So that's the that's... good thing about the bridge as well. Is here's the difference between the normal. Um, live performances of Soul to Squeeze or the album version. Mm. The guitar solo doesn't just play of the, the traditional guitar solo section. Well, exactly. It carries on into the bridge. Yeah. And so Fleet, and it carries on right up until the swans start singing. Well, exactly. And that that's the thing, isn't it? It, it is ex- it's extended and it's extended as much as it possibly can be. And that's why the swan introduces him in the way that he does, I think. Fleet has to pick up the slack as well. Mm. When the bridge comes in, because there's no second guitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no guitar playing the chords. And I just do need to say this. I forgot to say this about the recorded version. On the bridge, if you listen to it, there's a slightly messy guitar, slightly overdriven guitar playing in the background. Right. I forgot to say that. Okay, that is uh, a bit of a one. Yeah, bit of a bit of a crazy thing to say. But let's be brutally honest here. Oh, mate, are you going to be more brutal? No, no, I'm going to be less brutal. Good. The way that that solo and that entire cacophony of noise transitions back into the... Ah, it's brilliant, yeah. It's incredible. It's brilliant. And you listen, it ends. It's such a great juxtaposition between the craziness and and then the very, very relaxed, quiet But that was always the quality of that section of the song. It takes the audience a little bit of time. There's a big response from the audience. But it takes a bit of time to kick in because they're thinking... I mean, they're blown away. They're thinking, yeah. that guitar solo was absolute perfection. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's what everyone was well, that, that that is exactly what the album version did, to a, but just to a slightly lesser extent. It takes you in and then it dumps you back down. And I don't use the word dump in a negative way. No, no, no. It's a, well, it you're just, talking the great... What you should do when you do music is create highs and lows. Yeah. Verse three, the second half of it, John comes in, loads of Hendrixy licks... Great drum roll into chorus three. John full strumming on the last chorus. And then the second half of the last chorus, he starts playing just downstrokes. Mm. And what else does he do? He starts doing his backing singing. Oh, my God. Are we talking about 4.15? We may well be. It is 4.15, because that's when Chad changes it up, and that's the point that you are not so keen on. I, I love the backing singing. I don't like having the double time drums. Well... You know, that's something else we'll disagree on here because I like that. But when John arrives in with those lovely backing vocals, I say, uh, yeah. And I also. That's, that's as good as it gets. I love the way the Swan ends a song with the word time because on this occasion he says, ta ha ha I'm. Yeah, I don't like that. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I, I oh, think that's no. actually a really clumsy delivery. Clumsy? It is clumsy. Oh, my word. So I mean, it does end like that. You you have to be careful on this because on mate, the album he's in tune. Yeah, no, he's in tune. That's fine. But on the album, it ends uh, end of time. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, he he he's he misses it. He's clumsy. All right, rate the two. I just think it's, I just think that I think the Swan throughout this is absolutely brilliant, and he holds everything. He delivers everything brilliantly. There's so many good things going on. But that and, and that is not bad, don't get me wrong. I'm being very picky here, but I just think the way that ends is a little... It could have been better. Right. 
let's rate quickly rate these uh, two live performances out of ten, okay. and then we'll get to the handle, shall we? Fine. So, what would you give Live at Cigar out of ten? Cigar, I would give a solid eight out of ten. Uh, I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. I would also give it eight. Okay. What would you give uh, Live from Calgary? I would give Live at Calgary, based on the fact that it's performed in my home country, the home of the moose. The head. Yes. I'm just going to... Uh... Where are you going to fucking rate it? Uh, Nine point five. Lovely. I'm going to rate it ten. Wow! Yes. He's gone full bore. He's it's gone brilliant. full bore. Absolutely brilliant. So we move out of the fifth analysis of Soul Squeeze, and we shall now go to the handles. Yes. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. But it will continue to be for the handle section. Into the handles we go. Now, please contact us. The ambassadorship programme is still open. Yes. And will be as long as we keep broadcasting. It's, uh, well, we, of course, we uh, had to uh, register the ambassador programme with the local government. It does run for 50 years. We did. We did. Uh, So, therefore, anyone who does wish to register does have 49 years to do so. Exactly. Do you remember when... um, the ambassador of Norway, uh, Iceland. Oh, the Icelandic He ambassador. fell over because he lived at the top of my road, it turned out. He fell over. I picked him up, oh, yeah, took so him he... back to his house. Yes. He was called Ken. Yes. And I took him in and called an ambulance for him. Mm. And he revealed that he was actually the ambassador of Iceland. Yeah, nothing to do with the podcast. No, but um, just, I'm just a nice guy. Did he slip? I didn't. I found him on the floor. Mm. Well, that would be, yeah. Uh... Do I normally find my men? Well, no, just thinking Iceland slip. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. so if you want to be an ambassador, on the floor or otherwise. Depending on where you're from. I'll call you an ambulance, wherever you live. Um, please email in. It's bentownsendmusic at hotmail.com. Yeah, we have had an influx, so um, we, you know, we are approaching capacity. Well, we're not. No. Because I bought a lot more badges. Oh, great. So, in fact, there is no capacity. But no, no. if you are interested in becoming an ambassador, which obviously many, many people are, yeah. do do uh, get in touch. Yeah, get in touch. My website is bentownsownmusic.net. That's where we host this podcast. And so that's go where there. you uh, can get the address to send the beer. Yeah. And to listen to all of my music, if, you, if that tickles your fancy, tickles your taste buds, just like the Moosehead did. Oh my god, it's tickled my buds. Universally, RHCP Odd Sam, if you want to contact Sam on Reddit. Unispeak hyphen RHCP podcast, if you want to contact me on Reddit. That's great. At Universally RHCP, if you want to contact me on Twitter. Um, Sam? At Stack Townsend, if you want to contact me on Twitter. Instagram continues to go. 
I tell you what, Ben, we are going through the roof on that. What, on Insta? Yes. Crazy times. It's incredible. It's crazy. We've got nearly 1.5 million followers. I I looked earlier. It's 65. That's (laughs) 1.6. Well, whatever. It's it's not 1.6 million. It's very close to a lot. It's just 1.6. It's, yeah. it's just over one and a half it's people. It's just 6.3. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram is universally speaking RHCP underscore pod. Mm, and that... What a catchy name I, I chose for that. That's the big one. Um, so we will bid, bid thee farewell, good listeners. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. And we will leave you as we fade out and fade in with the wonderful Red Hot Chili Peppers. And here we go, time.